الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إن شاء الله تعالى today we're going to start the explanation of the kitab الخلاصة الحسنة في أذكار الصباح والمساء um, written by Sheikh Saleh ibn Abdullah ibn Hamad al-Usaymi rahimahullah hafizahullah ta'ala this kitab as you can see from the name it, it talks about or it deals with adhkar al-sabah wal-masa the adhkar that a person needs to do in the morning and in the evening morning and evening so inshallah ta'ala the author rahimahullah he mentioned 13 adhkar 13 that inshallah ta'ala these 13 adhkar that he mentioned are 13 adhkar he either believes to be authentic and then these are the only ones that are authentic or the rest are authentic but they are not from the adhkar al-sabah wal-masa and they're not from the Adhkar al-Sabah al-Masa, there are no evidence to show that it is. Before we go in, inshallah ta'ala, and before we speak about the uh, the benefits and the ahadith and the adhkar that the author, rahimullah, selected and chose, we're inshallah ta'ala going to speak about the benefits of adhkar, the adhkar in general. Even that though, we spoke about it in um, the Sharah of the Kitab, Manhajul Haq. But inshallah, it's never a problem to repeat because there could be some people who haven't taken that Kitab with us, who this Kitab is going to be their first Kitab, inshallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He legislated the Salah and the Siyam, and the Salah that we pray and the siyam, the fasting that we fast, and hajj, and other than them, from acts of obedience that Allah legislated, He only legislated it for what? That we remember Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if fasting, and praying, and doing hajj, and other acts of obedience, were made for us to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to do the dhikr of Allah azza wa jalla. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi said to a man that asked the Prophet sallallahu he said to him, Ayyul jihad a'adamu. What is the greatest jihad? He said, Ayyul jihad a'adamu ajran. Which jihad is the best reward that I get the most reward for? The Prophet sallallahu he said, Aktaruhu lillahi tabarak wa ta'ala dhikra. The one who remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a lot. Then the man came and he asked the Prophet ﷺ another question. He said, Which person who's fasting has the most reward? And what, what, which, what's the best fasting individual? The Prophet ﷺ repeated again and he said, The one who remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a lot. Then the man asked the Prophet, ﷺ, okay. Then what about the, who's the best one from those who pray? 
لأن ما سمي صلى الله عليه وسلم يسد أكثرهم لله تبارك وتعالى ذكرى لأن ما تلقي الزكاة لأن ما سمي صلى الله عليه وسلم يبيت لكان أكثرهم لله تبارك وتعالى ذكرى لأن ما نقاس حج لأن ما سمي صلى الله عليه وسلم يبيت لكان أكثرهم لله تبارك وتعالى ذكرى ذا ورهم ما مزال الله لوت هي أوكي ورا بعد صدقة هو the best the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم يسد أكثرهم لله تبارك وتعالى ذكرى every single time the messenger will repeat that فقال أبو بكر لعمر then Abu Bakr said to Umar, Ya Aba Hafsid. Abu Bakr said to Umar, Ya Aba Hafsid. Ya Aba Dhaqiruna bikulli khayrin. The ones who remember Allah a lot have left with all of the good. فقال رسول الله the messenger overhead. What Abu Bakr was saying to Umar and the Prophet said, Ajal, of course, yes. This hadith by itself should move our hearts. This hadith should by itself move our hearts. And Imam Ahmad narrated it. Imam Tabarani narrated his kitab al-Dua. Yes, there is in the, in the chain of the hadith, there is Zaid ibn Fa'id, uh, who is da'if. Lakin, uh, the hadith has a shahid, which is Mursal, found in the Zuhd by Abdullah ibn Mubarak. So the hadith becomes sound from that perspective. Also, the man who came to the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who said to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam O Messenger of Allah Inna shara'i al-Islami Qad kathurat alayya That the legislations of al-Islam have become too much The religion, the legislation is too much now The ahkam have become too much He said to the Prophet then Say to me -Islam. Uh, He said to him, say to me O Messenger of Allah Say something to me. Inform me something I can hold on to. The man, when he asked that question, and he put that question to the Prophet, he wants some. His intent is to get an answer that's going to save his dunya and akhirah. The Messenger, he said, Let your tongue consistently be moist in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Imam Ahmad narrated it. Imam Ahmad narrated this, rahimahullah ta'ala. So the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has many benefits. And the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my beloved brothers and sisters, are not very hard. You don't have to do too much to do the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, kalimatani khafifatani ala lisan. Two words, they're very light on the tongue. And they are thaqilatani fil mizan. On the scale, they are heavy. Habibatani ila rahman And they are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah wa bihamdi. Subhanallah al-azim. Subhanallah wa bihamdi. Subhanallah al-azim. They're very beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Man qala subhanallah wa bihamdi mi'ata marra غفرت ذنوبه وإن كانت مثل زبد البحر. The Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم said anyone who says anyone who says سبحان الله وبحمده he says that مئة مرة a hundred times so easy right سبحان الله وبحمده سبحان الله وبحمده مئة مرة the person says it غفرت ذنوبه وإن كانت مثل زبد البحر. Your sins will be forgiven, 
even if they are as large as the ocean. If your sins in density, in width, in everything, if it's like the ocean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you. It's the words I just said that are كَلِمَتَانِ خَفِيفَتَانِ عَلَى اللِّسَانِ ثَقِيلَتَانِ فِي الْمِزَانِ حَبِيبَتَانِ إِلَى الرَّحْمَانِ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ وَبِحَمْدِ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ الْعَظِيمِ It's the only first portion of it. Subhanallah wa bihamdi. Those two words, the Prophet said, they're both light on the tongue. But imagine if you just said one of them, which is the first one, مِئَةَ مَرَّةَ A hundred times a day, what will happen? Your sins will all be forgiven for you, even if it's as large as a mountain. So, understanding the value and the importance and the virtue of reading the Atkar is something that shows us how it can change someone. The Messenger وسلم, said in Hadith, مَثَلُ الَّذِي يَذْكُرُ رَبَّهُ وَالَّذِي لَا يَذْكُرُهُ كَمَثَلِ الْحَيِّ وَالْمَيِّتِ The one who remembers his Lord, Allah Azza wa Jalla, does dhikr. And the one who doesn't, who forgets to mention Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that person is like a live and a dead person. So the one who remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, مَثَلُ الَّذِي يَذْكُرُ رَبَّهُ وَالَّذِي لَا يَذْكُرُهُ كَمَثَلِ الْحَيِّ وَالْمَيِّتِ is like one who is alive and one who is dead. The one who is alive is the one who remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it brings life to the person. It gives you life. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in the Quran, وَكَذَلِكَ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ رُوحًا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا مَا كُنْتَ تَدْرِي مَا الْكِتَابُ وَلَا الْإِيمَانِ وَلَكِنْ جَعَلْنَاهُ نُورًا نَهْدِي بِهِ مَنْ نَشَاءُ مِنْ عِبَادِنَا وَإِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي إِلَى I mean, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives life to the person. It's nur, it's ruh, it guides the person. So, I'm going to mention some benefits of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what it does for you. And then, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to go into um, the book, inshallah ta'ala, and the author, what he said, inshallah ta'ala. The first benefit inshallah ta'ala in the remembrance of Allah is annahu yatrudu shaytan in the remembrance of Allah it repels shaytan wa yub'iduhu 'anil insan in the remembrance of Allah it distances you from shaytan and it also distances you from um, him coming anywhere close to you yahya ibn zakariya alayhi salam the prophet of Allah yahya who is a prophet, and his father Zakariya is a prophet, both of them. Zakariya, Yahya ibn Zakariya, he said, Inna Allah amara, the Prophet ﷺ told us, Inna Allah amara Yahya ibn Zakariya bi khamsi kalimat. Allah commanded Yahya ibn Zakariya five words, five things, an ya'mala bihinna to act upon it, wa an ya'mura bani Israel an ya'malu bihinna, and to command Banu Israel to act upon these five. So five things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is commanding these five things for Nabiullah Yahya ibn Zakariya to first of all implement it. And that's the tariqah that you first implement the knowledge yourself. And then after that, and to command Bani Israel to act upon it. And in the hadith it mentions, Inna Rabbi amarani bi khamsi kalimatin. 
Allah commanded me five things, he said. Yahya ibn Zakariya is saying. Allah commanded me five things. And Allah commanded me to convey it to you. And from the five things that he was commanded was, from the five, is, وَآمُرُكُمْ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ From the five things that Yahya ibn Zakariya was commanded to convey to his people and for him to implement first is, وَآمُرُكُمْ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ I command you the remembrance of Allah. وَإِنَّ مَثَلَ ذَلِكَ كَمَثَلِ رَجُولٍ طَلَبَهُ الْعَدُوُ سِرَاعًا فِي أَثَرِهِ The example of the one who remembers Allah is like a man who the enemy is chasing him. They are right onto him. They are about to catch him. So, فَأَتَى حِسْنًا حَصِينًا The man comes to a fortress. فَتَحَصَّنَ فِيهِ And then he went into the fortress and locks himself in. وَإِنَّ الْعَبْدَ أَحْسَنَ وَإِنَّ الْعَبْدَ أَحْسَنُ مَا يَكُونُ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ إِذَا كَانَ فِي ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ The person has really built a fortress between him and shaitan if he comes with the remembrance of Allah the dhikr. Yani, shaitan is chasing this person. He runs, 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 and he gets into a fortress. He locks himself in the fortress. That is like the one who does dhikr. The one who does dhikr, he gets away from shaitan. He blocks himself from shaitan. That's why Allah said in the Quran, وَمَنْ يَعْشُ عَنْ ذِكْرِ الرَّحْمَانِ نُقَيِّضْ لَهُ شَيْطَانًا فَهُوَ لَهُ كَرِيمٌ Anyone who turns away from the remembrance of Allah and does not remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what will happen to that person? What will happen? Shaytan will be in charge of your affairs. That's why um, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said regarding um, the... Uh, the word al-waswas al-khannas. Abdullah ibn Abbas, this description of al-waswas and al-khannas, Abdullah ibn Abbas explained it. He said it means, radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma, may Allah be pleased with him and his father. He said, al-shaytanu jathimun ala qalbi ibn Adam. Fa'idha saha wa ghafala waswasa, wa idha dhakar allaha khanasa. He explained what al-waswas and al-khannas means. He says al-waswas means if the, sh- if the person is heedless, he re- forgets to remember Allah, he is absent-minded, he doesn't do his adhkar al-sabahi wal-masa. Waswasa, shaitan will whisper to you. Oh, so a lot of people ask, why am I always got this waswas? Because you've what? Saha wa ghafal. You have forgotten the remembrance of Allah. You left off the remembrance of Allah. Al-Khannas means what? وَإِذَا ذَكَرَ خَنَس And when you remember Allah, you've destroyed shaitan. You got rid of him. You, you banished him. You destroyed him. You see? Those are the two things that shaitan does. He's waswas and he's khannas. Waswas means that he whispers to you. And al-Khannas is the opposite to that. It is the opposite to it. وَلِذَلِكَ shaitan cannot be in the area where Allah is remembered. He doesn't like it. He runs away. If Allah is mentioned or the dhikr of Allah is done, he runs away. وَلِذَلِكَ the Prophet ﷺ, he said, إِذَا نُودِيَ لِلصَّلَاةِ If the adhan is done and the imam does the adhan, أَدْبَرَ الشَّيْطَانُ وَلَهُ طُرَاطِ Shaitan turns away and he's passing wind. He's running away. 
He does not want to hear the remembrance of Allah. The, the, the adhan gets to shaitan. It what? It gets to shaitan. So, don't be a person who doesn't remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you are opening yourself to shaitan. What does it mean for... As Ibn Aqil Rahimahullah said, and Abu Faraj Ibn Jawzi said, pay attention to this, Abu Faraj Ibn Rajab, sorry. He said, means The shaitan becomes stuck to you. He won't leave you. He'll always be around you. So that's the first benefit in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you get. Shaitan is outside. You got rid of him. The second benefit that it has, it brings about tranquility to the heart. The remembrance of Allah, the adhkar al-sabah wal masat that we're going to be talking about, it brings about tranquility, brothers and sisters. Tuma'inatul qalb. Tranquil. People think that having this dunya is what gives tranquility. Having money, being rich, being this, being that, that doesn't really make you happy. Happiness comes from the remembrance of Allah. Connecting yourself to Allah. Ala bi Verily, in the remembrance of your Lord, Allah Azza wa Jalla, does the heart find tranquility. And the heart finds tranquility in remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How does the slave remember Allah? How is it? How can I always remember Allah? Pay attention to this, brothers and sisters. Your life that you're living in this world today, your life in this world is one of two situations. You are in your life one or two situations. You are either fi halatil rakha. Either you're enjoying yourself, it's a time of ease and happiness, a time of joy. You have everything you wanted, you are not stressed. Or you're in a time of hardship, a time of stress, a time of pain and agony. Those are two situations. Both times you remember Allah and you come with a type of remembrance for each situation. What is it? The situation of ease and happiness, there's a type of servitude that you need to come with. There's a type of remembrance that you need to come in the times of ease, which is called what? Shukr. Ubudiyya to shukr is what you need to come with. If you've got what you wanted, you have kids, you've got wealth, you've got money, you've got health. The Prophet said in the famous hadith, Man asbaha minkum aminan fi sirbih, mu'afan fi jasadihi, indahu qutu yawmih, faka'annama hizat lahum dunya bihadafiriha. Having what you want is the following things. You have safety. You're healthy. And around you is your provision. What you're going to eat is all there. You, you're, not, you're not struggling in terms of um, finance. You're not. Alhamdulillah. Allah has given you wealth. But the wealth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said you have what to eat. That day what you need to eat, Allah has given it to you. Guess what? It's like the whole entire world has been placed under your feet. You've got everything. What are you looking for? So those three, anyone who has it, has happiness. It's What you need to do is when you have those three brothers and sisters, is you need to come with ubudiyat shukur. You need to remember Allah ta'ala by showing gratitude. If you don't, you don't show Allah gratitude, that thing will be taken from you. Allah will take it from you, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah bestowed His blessings onto you. And what did you do? 
you did not show what was required from you. Allah is not the one who brought onto you then the punishment. It's your hands that have brought it forward to yourself. Yani Allah did not oppress you. Allah is not the one who oppressed you here by taking away your blessings from you. Is that when the blessing was given to you, you didn't show gratitude. That's why Allah says in the Quran, Allah is not one who changes the situation of a people unless they change their situation. Allah does not change a situation of a people unless those people change their own situation. You had everything. You did not show the remembrance and the servitude of shukr. I'll just give you two examples. The first example is the people of Saba. There were a people called Saba. Okay? The people of Saba, Allah mentioned their story in the Quran. It's mentioned in a in surah, Surah to Saba. Allah says in the Quran, لَقَدْ كَانَ لِسَبَئِنْ فِي مَسْكَنِهِمْ آيَةٍ جَنَّتَانِ عَنْ يَمِينٍ وَشِمَالٍ كُلُوا مِنْ رِزْقِ رَبِّكُمْ وَاشْكُرُوا لَهُ بَلْدَةٌ طَيِّبَةٌ وَرَبٌّ غَفُورٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us لَقَدْ كَانَ لِسَبَئِنْ فِي مَسْكَنِهِمْ آيَةٍ In the story of the people of Saba is verily a lesson. And in the story is a remarkable lesson. جَنَّتَانِ عَنْ يَمِينٍ وَشِمَالٍ They lived in a city where there were gardens on both sides. They had joy, they had bliss, they had ni'am, they had joy and everything. جَنَّتَانِ عَنْ يَمِينِ وَشِمَالِ كُلُوا مِنْ رِزْقِ رَبِّكُمْ مَشْكُرُوا لَهُ They had a, they had safety. They also had what? Allah, who said to them, I am forgiving you for everything. كُلُوا مِنْ رِزْقِ رَبِّكُمْ Eat your provisions, everything is halal for you. And your Lord is forgiven. All of that was given to them. That whole entire blessing was given to them. What did they do? فَأَعْرَضُوا They turned away. They turned away from what, brothers and sisters? They did not remember Allah. عُبُودِيَةِ shukr. They didn't come with it. فَأَعْرَضُوا Allah then said they turned away. They didn't show gratitude. They didn't remember Allah as He was, as they should have. They didn't. فَأَعْرَضُوا فَأَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ سَيْلَ الْعَارِمِ وَبَدَّلْنَاهُمْ بِجَنَّتَيْهِمْ جَنَّتَيْنِ دَوَاتَيْ أُكُلٍ خَمْطٍ وَأَثْنٍ وَشَيْءٍ مِنْ سِدْرٍ قَلِيلٍ ذَلِكَ جَزَيْنَاهُمْ بِمَا كَفَرُوا Allah Taala said we took everything away from them. We brought to those two gardens and to the city worms that eat that ate their gardens and destroyed the beautiful gardens that they had. The greenery, all of it got taken away from them. ذلك جزيناهم بما كفروا this is because they came with kufr. Ibn Jarir Tabari Qurtubi, Ibn Kathir Al-Baghawi, all these mufassirin, they all mentioned that the kufr here is kufr ni'mah. They did not show gratitude. When Allah gave them all of this, they didn't show it to them. Allah took it away from them. It's like the ayah Allah says, ضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا قَرِيَةً كَانَتْ آمِنَةً مُطْمَئِنَّةً يَأْتِيهَا رِزْقُهَا رَغَدًا مِّن كُلِّ مَكَانٍ فَكَفَرَتْ بِأَنْعُمِ اللَّهِ فَأَذَاقَهَا اللَّهُ لِبَاسَ الْجُوعِ وَالْخَوْفِ بِمَا كَانُوا يَصْنَعُونَ Allah says, I give a parable to you guys. ضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا قَرْيَةً كَانَتْ آمِنَةً This city had safety. 
Mutma'inna, tranquility, everything they added. Ya'tiha rizquha ragadam min kulli makan. The provision was coming from everywhere, exported, imported, everything. Fakafarat bi an'umillah. فَأَذَاقَهَا اللَّهُ لِبَاسَ الْجُوعِ وَالْخَوْفِ They show disbelief. They didn't show gratitude. They, don't, they, they did not remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah took it away from them. Stripped that away from them subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what did He give it to them? فَأَذَاقَهُ اللَّهُ لِبَاسَ الْجُوعِ وَالْخَوْفِ Hunger and fear is what they lived on. They're scared. There's army. Their lands were invaded. The women and children were taken away from them. Allah brought that to them, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the safety that they had, the safety that they had, the rizq that they had, the health that they had, they didn't take gratitude. They didn't do that. Allah then says at the ending of the ayah, when he said, Because of what they did to themselves. They did this to themselves. They were the ones that didn't show gratitude. They have no one else to blame except themselves. The second story is the story of the young boys who their father left a garden for them. Allah mentioned their story in Surah Al-Qalam, also known as Surah Al-Noon. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, سَنَسِمُهُ عَلَى الْخُرْطُومِ إِنَّا بَلَوْنَاهُمْ كَمَا بَلَوْنَا أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ إِذْ أَقَسَّمُوا لَيَسْرِمُنَّهَا مُسْبِحِينَ The story of the boys, their father, He left a garden for them. Their father was a righteous man, a noble man, a person who was fearful of Allah who was conscious of Allah the great trait that this man had or this father had was that when the time of the zakat would reach the time with which he would have to give the zakat the way he would do it is that he would call the fuqara and the masakeen to his garden and he would say to them you guys are entitled to take whatever you want from this garden and the people and the fuqara would come and they would choose what they wanted from the garden and that's how they used to take their wealth. When, he, when the father passed away, the father was a man who used to implement the ayah, He used to implement that verse. And he give from your wealth, that when the time reaches, pay from it. Give the zakat from it. He used to implement that verse, the father. He was fearful of Allah, and he was conscious of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he had piety. Rahimahullah, the father passed away. The children took over. His two sons, when they took over, they said amongst themselves, They spoke to each other. Amongst themselves, they said, We're not going to do like what our father used to do. Our father used to let the fuqara in and they used to choose what they want. No, 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 no. We're going to make walls around the garden. We're going to block the fuqara from this garden. This garden, no one is going to come into it. We're not going to do that. And they prevented the fuqara from it. When they changed their situation, they changed the way that their father were, was. The father was showing gratitude to the blessing Allah gave him. And they chose not to show gratitude. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? Allahu Azza wa Jalla. He sent to them, فَطَافَ عَلَيْهَا طَائِفٌ مِّن رَبِّكَ وَهُمْ نَائِمُونَ فَأَصْبَحَتْ كَسَّرِينَ فَتَنَادَوا مُسْبِحِينَ أَنِغْدُوا عَلَى حَرْثِكُمْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَارِمِينَ فَانْطَلَقُوا وَهُمْ يَتَخَافَتُونَ 
the garden Allah Taala, he destroyed it and then they realized after what they did and the punishment of Allah came and it destroyed their garden they said we were the wrongdoers we were the oppressors we were the one that went against the way of our father they realized Allah then says the punishment of Allah the day of judgment is like that like that in what way every person who enters the hellfire is because of what his hands have done he did not show he did not remember Allah in that time of gratitude and the good that they had the second situation that we all go through is hardship brothers and sisters we go through times of hardship we lose our loved ones and whatnot we have to show patience patience is something that if you hold on to you'll never lose out you, you have to remember Allah at that time as well But how do you remember Allah at that time? You remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that time By coming with patience You come with the servitude of patience You come with, you remember Allah by coming with patience And saying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah is the one that creates and the one who chooses he can do what he wants. Allah has never questioned in what he does, why he does it. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what you say. Habsul nafs. The word patience originally means is to imprison yourself from speaking unnecessary stuff. To imprison your body in not doing that which is wrong. It is to restrain yourself. Self-discipline. The person comes with it. Anyone, brothers and sisters, who times of good comes with shukr and the times of hardship comes with patience, that person is an amazing person. They are a fascinating person. And that's why the Messenger وسلم, he said in the hadith, that the believer's affairs are always fascinating. Why? Because when he's in times of ease, he's, he's taking so much from it by showing gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's always been thankful to what Allah gave him. And the times of hardship, the slave, the believer, his heart, Allah is connected to it. So what does he do? He always shows patience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and endurance and he gets reward from it. So all of the believer's affairs are fascinating. Whether it's ease or hardship. He's always reaping from it. He's always taking from that opportunity, reward and a good relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So remember Allah in those two situations. That's when you're going to find tranquility. That's why Allah says in the Quran, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَتَطْمَئِنُّ قُلُوبُهُمْ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبُ Both situations, how did you go through it? The times of ease... How did you make it through? How did you gain tranquility? You gain tranquility by showing shukr. The times of hardship, how did you make it through? Because you remembered Allah by coming with patience. And that brought about tranquility for you. That is why your affairs are always going to be in a state of tranquility. You're going to benefit. But if you don't, you're going to suffer. The next benefit that is in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is... In the remembrance of Allah, it gets rid of the, the darkness that goes on people's hearts. 
Yani brothers and sisters, we are a component of three things. Our, we are three things. Three. Break out. We, you, the human is broken into three. Body, mind, and soul. Body, mind, and soul. Body, mind, and soul. Each and every one of those three require care, nurturing, and cultivation. The body needs care. It needs to be taken care of. It needs to be nurtured. It needs to be cultivated. The body needs that. There's things you can eat. There's things that you can't eat. You can't take drugs because it's bad for your health. You can't eat um, poisonous stuff because it's bad for your body. The second part is the mind, the mind, the mind. The mind. It requires cultivation. It requires nurturing. It requires looking after it. The mind. How do you do that? Knowledge. Ilm, ilm, ilm. Studying and learning grows the mind. Well, you find so many parents, subhanAllah, and also many people themselves, they are only raising the child from the body. Food, 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 drink, eat, food, drink, eat. The child is just big, strong. He's four years old, but he looks like a 15-year-old because they're feeding him. They're giving him the food. But his brain is a one-year-old. They have not nurtured his brain. And the reason for that many parents fall into is because they don't talk to their children. At a very young age, they make him watch cartoon and the kid's watching cartoon. And then his whole life is a joke. Everything's a cartoon. So he's 25 years old. He can't be a mature man to take responsibilities of his life and his children's life and run something. He can't. Why? Because of the brain not being nurtured. So when you when you have a conversation with that type of person, you don't see hikam and wisdom from them because the brain required nurturing which it wasn't given. The third one is the soul, the nafs. The nafs also requires care, it requires nurture, it requires attention. And the way that it is done is tiskia, coming with heart softening things like the remembrance of Allah dhikr this nafs this heart the soul it requires nurture it requires attention it requires to be taken care of if you do not nurture those three of your those three and you let them dehydrate you let the body dehydrate you know what the consequences are if you let the brain dehydrate you know what the consequences are if you let the soul dehydrate you know what the consequences are if you let your soul dehydrate, that's where suicidal thought comes into place. The person doesn't want to live anymore. They want to die, they want to kill themselves. That's a soul that dehydrated. That wasn't given the remembrance of Allah. That's what it was crying for. That's what it was pleading for. That's what it was screaming for, asking for. But this person was de- depriving it from that. That's what Allah said in the Quran. أَلَمْ يَعْنِ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَن تَخْشَعَ قُلُوبُهُمْ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَمَا نَزَلَ مِنَ الْحَقِّ وَلَا يَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ مِنْ قَبْلُ فَطَالَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَمَدُ فَطَالَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَمَدُ فَقَسَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَكَثِيرٌ مِنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ Allah mentions here Has the time not come? That your hearts, they tremble in the remembrance of Allah The soul requires remembrance of Allah That's what makes it soft Makes your, your, your soul strong And 
powerful and nurtures it, the remembrance of Allah. Has the time not come? Allah is saying, And that which has come down. But then these people, what did they do? They didn't take that on, they did not take that on board. They dismissed the remembrance of Allah. Money, dunya, job, everything. So the hearts, the soul is dehydrated, dehydrated, dehydrated. And guess what? The person has become one who can't recognize the good. He can't. He can't see the truth. He can't see the haq. He can't see it. It's like pouring water into a cup that's upside down. You're trying to pour water into it. No. The brain, the, 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 the nafs has gone upside down. Is, you can't accept it anymore. The fitra Ibn Taymiyyah says, it becomes so bad sometimes that he doesn't recognize anything. That morality doesn't exist for that person anymore. Normally the fitrah, it recognizes good from evil. That's why Allah uses the fitrah to prove his existence, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is the fatir, the one who created and nurtured the universe. The fitrah, which is the fitrah. That is inside us, it can become tainted, which is when it's not nurtured. That's the soul, that's the nafs. It's not taken care of. So what happens? How is it not taken care of? No remembrance of Allah. It dehydrates, suicidal thoughts. The second one is that the person doesn't take care of the brain. Doesn't nurture the brain. That person, he becomes dim-witted. He loses, he destroys his aql. The brain is like the stomach. If the stomach is given a lot of food, it asks for more food. Ah, that's the body. The body, if you give it so much food, it will ask for more food and more food. And the person just gets bigger, bigger and bigger, bigger. The brain is like that. If you give it more knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge, it asks for more and more and more. And it stretches. It stretches the brain. If you memorize a hundred lines today, tomorrow you're going to memorize more than that. That's, the, that's a reality. If you put yourself in a position to memorize everything, your brain stretches. It stretches. stretches. It gets used to it. It's just the beginning. So those three brothers and sisters, it requires nurturing. It requires taking care of. But people generally only take care of the body. They forget the mind. And if they do feed the mind, they feed it with un knowledge that doesn't benefit them. Things that do not benefit them. Watching movie, movie series, watching this, watching that. And if you really want to watch something, you really can't read and you're not the type to read. Okay, no problem. You don't want to read, right? Huh? Okay, what you can do is you can watch beneficial documentaries. There are nice beneficial documentaries online that you can watch, you benefit from. It talks about, for example, it talks about the world and the globe that we're in today. Beneficial knowledge. You're learning the dunya. There's beneficial knowledge in learning. There's documentaries in the Arabic language and how it started and where it started from. And how the Arabic language documentaries, you can get all of that. But no. Wildlife. You can watch documentaries on that. Okay. But no, you want to watch Things that fill your brain with no benefits. So the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is for the soul. What's amazing is that the ayah and when Allah said that, He said, after that, He said, and what's shocking is 
Allah mentioning that the before that the ayah before ilamu anna Allah yuhyi al-arda ba'da mawtiha qad bayyanna lakum al-ayati la'allakum ta'qilun what's shocking is that the ayah before that Allah is talking about the heart and that the heart becomes darkened and dull and then after that Allah mentions that Allah gives life to this earth ilamu anna Allah yuhyi al-arda ba'da mawtiha some scholars they said from this what we realize is that the way that the earth dies if there's no rain and there's no it's the same way that the heart dies if the revelation and the remembrance of Allah is not poured onto it like that. And that's powerful, Allah. The last and final benefit that I'm going to mention is one of the greatest benefits that it brings you in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that Allah is going to remember you. Al-jaza'um min jinsil amal. By you remembering Allah, yeah, Allah is going to remember you. That's the, the Quran works like that. Al-jaza'um min jinsil amal, which is taken from the ayah, hal-jaza'ul ihsani illa al-ihsan. You remembering Allah will entail, will lead you to be remembered by Allah Azza wa Jalla. Allah is going to remember you subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَإِنْ ذَكَرَنِي فِي نَفْسِهِ If the person remembers me in himself, ذَكَرْتُ فِي نَفْسِهِ I remember him in myself, Allah is saying. وَإِنْ ذَكَرَنِي فِي مَلَئٍ If he remembers me in a gathering, ذَكَرْتُ فِي مَلَئٍ خَيْرٍ مِّنْهُ I will remember that person in a gathering better than the gathering they remembered me in. That shows the benefits of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this book that we're going to be studying, inshaAllah ta'ala, that we're going to be taking, this kitab, Al-Khulasatul Hasna, Fi Adkari Sabahi Wal Masa, everything that we're going to be saying from here is something you try to memorize. You are going to learn it because you want to get all of those benefits, inshaAllah ta'ala. You want to benefit yourself in this world and in the hereafter. Insha'Allah ta'ala. We're going to go now pray salah, insha'Allah ta'ala. And after the salah, we're going to start the book straight away. Bi'idhnillahi al-kareem. We're going to start the book straight away. Bi'idhnillahi al-kareem. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumullahu khairan. So insha'Allah ta'ala, we're going to bi'idhnillahi al-kareem. Start the uh, kitab. Um, now insha'Allah ta'ala. Naam. The author, rahimahullah, here he chaptered the um, the morning adhkar. Remember this book; it focuses on adhkar al-sabahi wal-masa, the morning and the evening adhkar. The chapter, the author says, adhkar al-sabah. What does the word adhkar mean? The word adhkar is a plural. The word adhkar is plural. It's called a broken plural. Okay? It's a broken, it's a broken plural. What that means is that um, the, there's a singular for the word. We say it's a broken plural. There is a singular, there's a mufrad, a singular. The singular of the word adhkar is dhikr. Dhikr is the singular. What does dhikr mean? What does it mean in the sharia? The word dhikr in the sharia it means hudurullahi wa i'zamuhu fil qalbi wal lisani aw ahadihima It is that Allah is present and is glorified in your tongue I'm on your tongue and in your heart or one of the two I repeat dhikr means Hudurullahi 
وَإِعْظَامُهُ فِي الْقَلْبِ وَالْلِسَانِ أَوْ أَحَدِهِمَا It is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is present and also glorified in your heart and your tongue or one of the two. So, the dhikr, it comes from the following places. The dhikr occurs from the following places. The first one is Al-qalbu wal-lisan The tongue and the heart The second place where the dhikr occurs from is Al-qalbu, the heart alone And the third place where the qalb occurs from is Al-lisanu, the tongue Those are the three places it can occur from The heart and the tongue simultaneously That's the first one The second one is only the heart And the third one is only the tongue and the most complete version from those types is when it occurs from the heart and the tongue simultaneously at the same time. The author, rahimahullah, he said, Adhkar sabah the morning adhkar. He said the word as-sabah. The word as-sabah, it means morning. And the shaykh explained to you what the, um, when the adhkaru sabah should be done. The adhkaru sabah, it should be done min tulu'il fajri thani. It should be done at the second dawn. At the second dawn. Fajr, there are two fajrs. There are, there are two Fajr. The first one is known as Fajrul Awwal, the first Fajr. And it's also called Al Fajrul Kadib. The second type is Al Fajrul Thani. <coughs> the second one is Al Fajrul Thani. It is also called Al Fajrul Sadiq. So the second one is Al-Fajr Al-Thani, the second Fajr, also known as Al-Fajr Al-Sadiq. Al-Fajr Al-Sadiq. What is the difference between Al-Fajr Al-Kadhib and Al-Fajr Al-Sadiq is something that you need to study in the books of fiqh. Go and study it in the books of fiqh, inshaAllah ta'ala. So the Shaykh Rahimahullah, Hafidahullah, Sheikh Saleh ibn Abdullah ibn Hamid al-Usaymi He holds the opinion that the dua should be done from when the fajr enters until sunrise That's when the adhkar al-sabah should be done From when? From the uh, second dawn which is the Fajr, when it enters, until sunrise. That's the view of the author. So according to him, as soon as Fajr enters, whether you've prayed or not, you can do the Al-Adkar al-Sabah, according to the author. Yani, Fajr entered, before I even pray Fajr, I can do the Adkar al-Sabah and then pray the Salah. The author is saying that you can. 
Okay? But that which seems apparent from the ahwalus salaf, the situation of the pious predecessors, and that which Al-Imam Al-Awza'iyu mentioned is that, and also Abu Al-Faraj ibn Rajab, is that they used to do the adkaru sabah after they've prayed their salah and they've done their istighfar and the adkar of the dubur salah, the adkar that you do after the prayer. And it finishes when the sun rises. So when the sun rises, the time for the adkaru sabah is over. Naam. The author, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, Wafakahullah, he started the book with the first Adkaru Sabah. And as I mentioned before, the author, he mentioned 13 Adkaru Sabah. That which seems authentic to the author. من حيث الرواية والدراية. So the author, according to him, he selected 13 ahadith that are authentic, that are thabit, either in terms of its chain, it's sahih that the messenger said this, or من حيث الدراية that the hadith actually applies to the dua in adhkar. It could happen that this is a dhikr, adhkar, but it's not for sabah. So first of all, it has to be authentic according to him, and it also has to be evidence to show that it's from the adhkar of sabah. And these are the 13 that he believes are authentic, and they are also, there are evidence to prove that they are from the adhkar of sabah. So he started with the famous um, hadith, uh, dhikr known as the Sayyidul Istighfar. This one is called, the first one he started with, is called Sayyidul Istighfar. Ibn Taymiyyah al-Hafid. Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, has written a book on the Sayyidul Istighfar, this hadith. I mean, this adhkar. He, he wrote a whole entire book on it. Ibn Taymiyyah. So it's worth reading, inshaAllah ta'ala. You benefit from it. And also Al-Allama Abdul Razzaq ibn Abdul Muhsin Al-Abbad Hafidahullah Ta'ala wa wafakahullah limardati has a kitab where he explains this hadith. He explains this hadith Sayyidul Istighfar. So it's also worth reading as well. This dhikr which says Allahumma oh Allah when you hear Allahumma the meme in Allahumma takes the place of Ya Allah the meme is taking the place of the Ya harfun nida it's Ya Allah oh Allah Anta Rabbi you are my Lord La ilaha illa Ant there is none worthy of worship except you you are the one who deserves al-ibadah. You are the only one who should be worshipped. O oh Allah, you created me. Wa ana abduka, I am your slave. Here, 
when the abduka is a male slave. The question here is, if a sister is reading this dhikr, can she change وَأَنَا عَبْدُكَ to وَأَنَا أَمَتُكَ Oh Allah, I am your ama, your slave. Instead of saying وَأَنَا عَبْدُكَ Can a woman say وَأَنَا أَمَتُكَ I am your female slave. Yes, she can. And this has been transmitted from Abu Hurairah وَجَمَاعَةٌ مِنَ التَّابِعِينَ It's been transmitted from Abu Hurairah and a, a handful of the, um, the uh, tabi'een, the students of the companions. وَأَنَا عَلَىٰ عَهْدِكَ وَوَعْدِكَ مَسْتَطَعْتُ We have two words here where the dhikr mentions وَأَنَا عَلَىٰ عَهْدِكَ I am upon your covenant. What does it mean, I am upon your covenant? It means, When you say, You mean, That is the Ahd. What is the evidence that the, means, That is the famous hadith of Abu Huraira. Where the Allah Azza wa Jalla said, "Qasamtu al-salata bayni wa bayna abdi nisfain." I divided the prayer between me and my slaves into two. And in that hadith, it mentions when the slaves says in the prayer, "Iya kana abudu wa iya kana istain." Oh Allah, You alone I worship, and only You, Allah, I seek help from. Allah says, That is between me and my slave. So that is Ahdun Baini Abdi. That's what it means. There's a covenant between me and my slave. When the slave says, in the salah, and he's praying, Allah is saying, That's between me and my slave. It means that's a covenant between me and my slave. So when you say, That's the covenant you're referring to. Is referring to Ihdina Sirat al Mustaqim. Wa'adika, which means promise, is referring to Ihdina Sirat al Mustaqim. Which is the evidence for that is the same hadith. Hada baini wa baina abdi wa li abdi ma sa'al. That is between my slave and me, and my slave will be given what he, what he, what he, uh, what he asked for. Yani Allah made a promise that he's going to give the slave what he asked for. Then, وَأَنَا عَلَىٰ عَهْدِكَ I am upon the covenant I made with you. وَوَعْدِكَ And I am also upon the promise that you made for me, O oh Allah. Allah made a promise, what? He's going to guide you, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is what is meant by it. Then the slave says, مَسْتَطَعْتُ As much as I can. As much as I can. أَيْ مَسْتَطَعْتُ تَرْقِيبًا فِيهِ مَسْتَطَعْتُ تَرَقِيًا فِيهِ Oh Allah, I'm going to try my hardest. As much as I can, I'm going to fear you. I'm going to be upon that covenant as much as I can. Because إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ Which is the covenant. Has different stages, manazil, levels. Ibn Al-Qayyim has written a book on it. Uh, or he explained the book, uh, مَدَارِجُ السَّالِكِينَ 
The levels of Shaykh al-Islam Ismail al-Harawi wrote the book and Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah explained it in the kitab Madarij al-Salikin which is a six volume, six volume book. Now the author rahimahullah goes into the second dhikr. Hafidahullahu ta'ala which is Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyumu bi rahmatik. The person says this one time until the ending. Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyumu bi rahmatik astaghith أصلح لي شأني كله ولا تكلني إلى نفسي طرفة عين يا حي the one who is alive يا قيوم حي means the one whose حياة لم يسبقه عدم حي means the one who's always been alive never was he ever a time when he didn't live no يا قيوم and there's a عمر رضي الله عنه there's a qira'a shahada that's attributed to Umar radiallahu anhu. The ayatul kursi, he used to read it as Ya Qayyamu. Ala wazni fa'al. Qayyum means Al-Qa'imu bi nafsi wal-Muqimu li ghayrihi. It is the one who stands for his own affairs. And he also stands for the affairs of his creation. He takes care of them. He's their protector. He is the one who sustains them and provides for them and governs them. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Qayyum. Bi rahmatika astaghith. I seek aid and support from your, with your mercy. Aslih li sha'ni kulla. Oh Allah, perfect all of my situations. Wala takilni ila nafsi tarfata'aynin. And do not place my own affairs in my hands even a split second. Ya'ni, do not um, leave me to myself and let me run my own affairs even a blink of an eye. Tarfata'aynin. I can't. Yani, we can't even run our own affairs. If Allah left us to it, we can't. He, we can't. We need Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the person says this one time, as Alibam al-Nasai, you mentioned in his Sunan al-Kubra, min hadithi Anasin bi Isnadin Hassan. Okay? That is, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, a large number of scholars, they took from this, that these two are the Ismullah al-A'zam. Ismullah al-A'zam. And remember when we were talking about uh, in the explanation of the kitab Manhajul um, Haq, we mentioned that Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, they both are the two names where all of the other names come back to. Allah's names, the Sifat Datiya, they go back to Hay, and the Qayyum, all of the Sifat Fi'liya go back to that. Sifat Fi'liya, they all go back to Qayyum. And all of the sifat datiyah, they go back to hay. The author, rahimahullah, he brings the second adhkar, I mean the second, sorry, the third dhikr from the adhkar al-sabah that the person says. It is to say, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-afiyata fi dunya wal-akhira. Allahumma inni as'aluka al-afwa wal-afiyata fi dini wa dunyaya. Until the ending of the dhikr. The person says this one time. And the evidence that you have to say, or you say it one time, is that which is narrated in Sunan Abi Dawood on the authority of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, that, that, is only, that is only read once. In the hadith, it mentions, Oh Allah, I seek refuge that I an that a punishment takes me from beneath. Waki ibn Jarrah al 
who is one of the narrators of the, um, this, this adhikr. He's one of the narrators that narrated it. Waki' ibn Jarrah al-Ru'asi. He mentions that an ughtala min tahti for me to be taken from beneath my feet. Yeah? For me to be taken from beneath my feet. He explained what that means. Uh, he mentions, uh, he said it means, that you get swallowed by the earth. Waki'a's view was, وَأَنْ أُغْتَالَ مِنْ تَحْتِي means بِأَنْ يُجْدَبَ إِلَى بَاطِنِ الْأَرْضِ That I get swallowed by, I get swallowed up by the earth. That's what he said. Okay? But, the um, hadith, I mean the dhikr saying أَنْ أُغْتَالَ مِنْ تَحْتِي refers to two things. One is that which Waki' ibn Jarrah al-Ru'asi mentioned, which is, um, that the earth swallows up the person but there's, which is called al-khasf it's called khasf the khasf is the earth swallows you but there's another one which is called al-nasfu al-nasfu it means to be thrown far from where you were originally and it can encompass both of them that you get thrown far that's also another uh, meaning that is in an ughtala min tahti naam. Now the author goes into the fourth um, dhikr from the adhkar al-sabah, the morning adhkar. Um, this dhikr you, you only say once. And the evidence that you have to say it once is because of the hadith is narrated in Sunani Abi Dawood and At-Tirmidhi. And the chain is authentic on the authority of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. In the hadith it mentions um, Sorry, أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ نَفْسِ وَشَرِّ الشَّيْطَانِ وَشِرْكِ What does it mean? وَشَرِّ الشَّيْطَانِ وَشِرْكِ in this, there are two ways of saying it. You can say, Kasru Shini wa Sukuni Rai. You can say, Wa Sharri Shaytani wa Shirkihi. You can say that. That's one way of saying it. And if you then say, Wa Shirkihi, it comes from the word Ashirk. I seek refuge in Shaytan. Washirki and associate your partners with him. And to associate partners with you, O oh Allah, with him. That's if you do make a kasr out of it. And you say, shirkihi. But if you place a fatha on the sheen and the ra, and you say, wa'udhu bika min sharri nafsi wa sharri shaytani wa sharakihi wa sharakihi, then this means, the ropes I seek refuge in shaitan and in the ropes that he uses in order to drag the people away from the straight path to throw them into what? 
into his path. I seek refuge in that, O oh Allah. Okay? So those are the two ways in which it can be said. You can say, وَمِن شَرِّ الشَّيْطَانِ وَشِرْكِهِ Ama you can say, وَشَرَكِهِ And what is good is to sometimes, some morning, it's good to say, وَشَرِّ الشَّيْطَانِ وَشِرْكِهِ And some mornings is good to say, وَشَرِّ الشَّيْطَانِ وَشَرَكِهِ to, to change it. Because this is again, again, it is تَنْوِعُ الْعِبَادَاتِ Changing the ibadat And saying it in different ways. And Ibn Taymiyyah always talks about that. And also his student, Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali, rahimahumullah. May Allah have mercy upon them. The author, rahimahullah, he mentions that رَضِيتُ بِاللَّهِ رَبَّا وَبِالْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا وَبِمُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَا نَبِيًّا You say this three times. And the evidence that you should say this one three times is because of the hadith of Abi Sa'id al-Khudri that is found in Abi Dawood. That you say it three times. And the hadith is Hassan. Um, the narration that says, وَبِمُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ الرَّسُولَ that narration is not authentic. That narration that says, وَبِمُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ الرَّسُولَ is not authentic. And a person should not say it. They should say it as, وَبِمُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ نَبِيًّا Why? Because the scholars, they mention that two things you cannot change the wordings. The Qur'an and the Adhkar. The Qur'an, there's no, the concept of Qira'atul Qur'an bil ma'na doesn't exist. You cannot read the Qur'an based on meaning. Oh, I understand what the meaning of this verse is. Let me just use my own wordings. No. The same with the Adhkar. You're not allowed to change the wordings of the Adhkar. You have to read it the way that the Messenger mentioned it. The Adhkar. Because the alfaz of the Adhkar are tawqifiyyah. La yajuzu fiha tahwil to change it and alter it, you're not allowed to. Okay? So you have to say it the way the Prophet ﷺ, he uh, said it. And we all know the famous hadith of Al-Bara ibn Azib ta'ala anhu when he said, وَبِنَبِيِّكَ الَّذِي أَرْسَلْتَ uh, And the famous, uh, when the person wants to go to their, to their bed. So he said, وَبِنَبِيِّكَ الَّذِي أَرْسَلْتَ the Prophet said that to him, sorry. Okay. And what he did was, Bara ibn Azib radiallahu ta'ala and we changed it. Bara ibn Azib he said, Instead of he said, He changed it. Bara ibn Azib. And so when he changed it, this made the Messenger وسلم, correct him. The Prophet said, The Prophet corrected him. So you say it three times. Um, how do you say it three times? You say it three times in its totality. So you say, رَضِيتُ بِاللَّهِ رَبَّا وَبِالْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا وَبِمُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ نَبِيًّا That's one. Then you read it again like that. رَضِيتُ بِاللَّهِ وَرَبَّا وَبِالْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا وَبِمُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ نَبِيًّا That's the second. 
Then again you say, Raditu Billahi Rabba, Wabil Islam Dina, Wabi Muhammadin Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Nabiya. Three times you read like that, from beginning to end, from beginning to end, from beginning to end, three times. You can't say, Raditu Billahi Rabba, Raditu Billahi Rabba, Raditu Billahi Rabba. And then you say, okay, Wabil Islam Dina, Wabil Islam Dina, Wabil Islam Dina, that's three times. Wabi Muhammadin Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Nabiya, Wabi Muhammadin Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Nabiya, Wabi Muhammadin Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Nabiya. You don't say that. You read it together, all of it together. You read it all together because that's how the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught his companions and you should not change the way that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught them, uh, the Sahabas. But if you read it in that way, then you don't have to repeat it, but you've gone against the way that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught his companions. Now, the author now goes into the sixth Adhkaru Sabah, the morning Adhkar that you should do. This adhkar, you read it three times. You read it three times. As it's narrated by Imam Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, min hadith Uthman ibn Affanin. And the hadith is Hasanun, bimujma'i turuqiha. When we bring all the, the chains together. You come with it three times. In this hadith, um, it mentions, It's saying, in the name of Allah. It says, in the name of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with whose name is, uh, nothing is harmed. Nor on this earth, or in the heavens. He is all-seeing and all-knowing. Ha. So, what does it mean? Ismullah, uh, the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, which repels all harm from you. Some of the scholars, they took two understandings from here. They said, That Allah brings the good for the person. He bestows his good on them. As it's in Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Because when the person says Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, in whatever they're trying to do, they're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what? When you say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim and you're eating your food, why are you saying Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim? You're asking Allah to bring the khair in this for you. Okay? When the man has sexual intercourse with his spouse, to say Bismillah, uh, to say Bismillah, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika, to say Bismillah in the name of Allah, and then you seek refuge in Allah from what? You seek refuge in Allah from um, your, your, the, anything that Allah will give you from here. Naam. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I forgot the dhikr. Slipped. You say it. Okay? The second one is, With the Bismillah, you can, you, it repels harm from you. It brings you khair when you say Bismillah. And when you want it to repel harm from you, you say what? Bismillah. So that's the two things that the Bismillah is for. When you want to say Bismillah, when you want, when you want it to bring khair for you, you say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And when you want it to repel harm from you, is what you say in this dhikr three times. Naam. So you say that now the author rahimahullah, he mentions dhikr al-sabi', the seventh dhikr, min al-kar al-sabah. 
The dhikr that I was trying to remember is Allahumma jannibna shaytan wa jannibish shaytana mimma razaqtana. That's what it, what it was. The author, rahimahullah, he now goes into the dhikr al-sabi' the seventh dhikr, min adhkar al-sabah, which is the person should say, La ilaha illallah wa hadaw la sharika lah, lahu al-mulk wa lahu al-hamd wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. You say this ten times, as it's narrated by Imam Abi Dawood al-Nasai fi sunnah lil-kubra. وابن ماجه من حديث أبي عياش الزرقي رضي الله عنه إسناده صحيح. The scholars they discussed amongst themselves whether Abi Ayyash al-Zuraqi is a companion, and that which seems to be apparent is that he is a companion. That is the view that was taken by Abu Ahmed al-Hakim and Abu Bishr al-Dulabi and. Also Hafid ibn Hajar in his kitab al-Isaba fi tamiz al-Sahaba um, and that he's a companion. So the person he says La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahu al-mulk wa lahu al-hamdu wa ala kulli shayin qadir the person says that a hundred times sorry ten times he says that ten times naam. Now the author goes into the eighth dhikr that the person should do from the adhkar al-sabah which is to say Subhanallah wa bihamdi. You say this a hundred times. And it's narrated in Sahih Muslim in Hadith Abi Hurairah that you say a hundred times. And you can say more than a hundred because the religion, uh, the Sharia allowed you to make it say even more than a hundred if you want to. You can. Because Hadith Abi Hurairah states, لم يأتي أحد بمثل ما جاء به إلا من قال مثل ما قال أو زاد عليه. The narration mentions that there's no one who's better than the person who says Bismillah wa bihamdi. Remember I mentioned before the hadith, anyone who says Bismillah wa bihamdi, mi'ata marra, ghufirat dhunubuhu, ghufirat dhunubuhu, ghufirat dhunubuhu, wa in kanat mithlu zabad al-bahri, sah? The person who says Subhanallah wa bihamdi a hundred times in the morning, all of his sins will be forgiven even if it's as large as the ocean and the sea. Abu Huraira's narration clearly mentions that there's no one better than you. If you've said Bismillah wa bihamdi a hundred in one in the morning, there's no one out there better than you. The narration like he says, Illa man qala mithla ma qala zada. Unless there comes someone who said exactly what you said or even more than you said. So the narration shows that you can say more than a hundred. That you can, you can say more than a hundred. Naam. Um, now, the author goes into the ninth dhikr uh, min al-kar sabah which you say once, because al-imam Abu Huraira, uh, because al-imam Abu Dawood narrated in his sunnah min hadith Abu Huraira, that the person says, Allahumma bika asbahna, wa bika amsayna, wa bika nahya, wa bika namut wa ilayka nushur. That's what the person says. Um, this Hadith, it shows that the morning comes before the evening. That's why it says, Allahumma bika asbahna, wa bika amsayna, wa bika nahya, wa bika namutu, wa ilayka nushuru. This hadith shows that the sequence is that the morning comes is mentioned first and the evening was mentioned second. Mm. But when you're doing the evening one, what do you put first? When you're doing the evening one, which we're going to come to, inshaAllah ta'ala, you're not going to say, Allahumma bika asbahna. You say, Allahumma bika amsayna. Wa bika asbahna. 
you put the evening first before the morning when you're doing the evening one but when you're doing the morning one you put the morning first before the evening ah. um, that is and the ending what do you say at the ending of the sabah what do you say you say in the morning one in the morning one you say Allahumma bika asbahna wa bika amsayna wa bika nahya wa bika namut wa ilayka nushur that's what you say in the morning in the evening what do you say you say Allahumma bika amsayna wa bika asbahna wa bika nahya wa bika namut wa ilayka almasir two differences the order of asbahna wa amsayna that's the difference and also an nushur and then uh, that which is in the nushur is in the morning and in the evening you say al-masir wa ilayka al-masir what's the difference the difference is when you say an-nushur it means al-intishar is to spread and that is befitting for the morning ah it's befitting for the mornings because the people they all go out they spread out into the earth they scatter into the earth looking for what they are looking for aqwatahum they're looking for their provisions they're looking for their manafi' that which is going to benefit them but night time wa ilayka al-masir is befitting for it because the word masir means what al-marji' wal-ma'ab where you turn back to because at night time you're turning back to who you're turning to your bed houses again everyone's turning back to their houses and back to their beds again that they came from in the morning so that is why uh, you say in the morning وَإِلَيْكَ النُّشُورِ And in the evening you say وَإِلَيْكَ الْمَصِيرِ You see? Also, um, both of them you say بِكَ نَحْيَا وَبِكَ نَمُوتِ Both of them you say it like that. يعني in the evening and in the morning بِكَ نَحْيَا وَبِكَ نَمُوتِ You don't say وَبِكَ نَمُوتِ وَبِكَ نَحْيَا You don't. Okay? Uh, why? Why did the order of that not change? Because the life comes before death normally. Life comes before death. Death does not come and then life. Um, unless there's, there, there are exceptions in situations that have been mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah, but that's not what the point that we're trying to point out here is. Now, the author now goes into the 10th dhikr min adhkar al-sabah which is that the person says asbahna wa asbah al-mulku lillah walhamdulillahi la ilaha illallah wa hadaw la sharika lah until the ending this one you only say it once because of the hadith is found in Sahih Muslim in hadith Abi Huraira and that's it mentions that you only say it once the person he says in the, the morning version and this hadith is this one said in the morning and it's also said in the evening. But in the morning, what do you say? You say, um, in it, that's what you say in the morning one. You say, that's what you say in the Whereas the night, you don't say that. You say, Okay. In the hadith, in the dhikr, it mentions wasu'ul kibari, wasu'ul kibari, su'ul kibari, 
What does it mean? The Su'ul um, Kibari. First of all, the way that you can say the Su'ul Kibari is in two ways. You can say Su'ul Kibari by placing a Fatha on the Ba and a Kasra on the Kaf. This means age, Al Haram. Oh Allah, I seek refuge from what? Su'ul Kibari. Kibari. Placing Kaf on the uh, kasra on the kaf and a fatha on the ba. It means, oh Allah, I seek refuge, reaching a very old age. That one. Also, you say, wasu'ul kibri. Wasu'ul kibrina. It means, I seek refuge in you, oh Allah, by being arrogant. That's if you place a uh, kasra on the kaf and a sukun on the uh, ba, instead of a fatha, you place a sukun, then this means arrogance. Rejecting the truth when it comes to you and belittling the people. Because the Prophet ﷺ, he explained kibar arrogance to be what? Batarul haqi wa ghamtun nas. Batarul haq is that when the truth comes to you, you reject it. Wa ghamtun nas means what? You put, you put the people down. You what? You put the people down. So, if you can say, if there's two ways of saying it, which is Su'ul Kibri and Su'ul Kibari, again, this falls onto, onto the issue we mentioned, which is Tanwi'ul Ibadat, changing between the Ibadat. So it's best to say it in both ways. It's best to say it um, both ways. Um, some might ask and say, okay, I have a question here. When you say Su'ul Kibari, like evil age, it makes sense to put the word su before it, which means evil, and age. Age is good, but it can become evil. But isn't arrogance not evil? Why would there be su'ul kibari? It gives the impression that there's kibar, kibr, arrogance, which is good. The response to this is in two ways. The response to this is in two ways. Number one is the Idafa here of Su'ul Kibri. Some scholars they said this is Idafa to Shay'ila Sifati. You're ascribing something to what its description is. Yani arrogance is description is evil. So that's one view of some scholars. Another scholars they said the intent behind it is Al Kibrul Madmum, the arrogance that's blameworthy. There is arrogance which is praiseworthy. And the arrogance which is praiseworthy is if you're making the haq become high and you are debunking the falsehood, then this arrogance is praiseworthy. Like Mashiatul Kibari wal fil The Prophet ﷺ, he allowed the person to walk arrogantly in the battlefield as a mujahid when he's fighting the non-believers. To walk like that, it is praiseworthy at that time. That's why the Messenger Sallallahu he said, this is the only time when it's legislated to walk like this. Okay? So, Su'ul Kibri here means, Ay, Al-Kibrul Madmum, the blameworthy arrogance. Okay? The blameworthy arrogance. The author, Rahimahullah, he now goes into the 11th dhikr from the Adkar al-Sabah, the morning Adkar, which is to say, Allahumma, ما أصبح بي من نعمة إلى آخر 
إلى آخر الذكر until the ending the person only says it once and that's because in Sunan Abi Dawood and Nasa'i fi Sunan Al-Kubra من حديث عبد الله بن غنام البياضي رضي الله تعالى عنه it mentions that you only say it once you don't say it more than once نعم we'll stop there inshallah ta'ala we will stop there bi idnillah al-kareem for today's class and tomorrow we're going to carry on the other remaining uh, couple of adhkar for the adhkar al-sabah and also uh, the adhkar al-masai bi idnillah al-kareem anything which i have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and shaytan and allah and his messenger are both free from it subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illallah أستغفرك وأتوب إليه